1: Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Always happy to have you on board. This is your go to for Hot Liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers. And happy warriors. Check me out on social media. On Instagram, I'm at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and true social, I am at Monica Crowley. Also, you can reach me by email at Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Send me a note. Let me know what's on your mind. I'm dying to know what you guys think of my interview with President Trump last week. I've gotten a number of notes from you guys. You absolutely loved it. And by the way, if you haven't already heard it, it was last Wednesday's show. So please go and take a listen because the feedback I've gotten has just been extraordinary. Um, Just extraordinary, including President Trump, I heard really loved the conversation as well. So please go check it out. It's unlike anything you probably have heard, at least recently, uh, from the president, because it wasn't a straight interview. It was really a conversation and quite thoughtful and reflective. So again, go check out that conversation with President Trump last Wednesday's Monica Crowley podcast. All right, coming up here on the show... Um, In the days ahead, we are going to have some unbelievable guests joining us. So in addition to all of the incisive insights that you come to expect from me and the show, we're also going to bring you the extraordinary actor Jim Caviezel. He is uh, famous for a lot of reasons, not least of which he played Jesus in Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ, or as he likes to say, Jesus played me which I absolutely love. Um, And you know, Mel Gibson is shooting the sequel, (laughs) the sequel to The Passion of the Christ, which is the resurrection, right? And Acts of the Apostles and just incredible, incredible stuff. Well, he's got a brand new movie out, which is also really important. And we always talk about changing the culture. How do we do it? By supporting projects like this. So I'm going to bring you Jim Caviezel, and I'm also going to bring you the real-life hero that he plays in this new movie called Sound of Freedom about child trafficking around the world. There is a real-life hero named Tim Ballard who worked at the Department of Homeland Security, and he has now saved countless children from trafficking. You know, there are 2 million children right now being trafficked around the world into sex trafficking, drug uh, trafficking, you name it, being abused around the world. And Caviezel is a real man of faith. He wanted to do this project and he's playing Tim Ballard. (laughs) And so we're going to have them both on the show here uh, coming up relatively soon. That is not a show you're going to want to miss. OK, also Judge Jeanine Pirro is going to be with us. We're going to do a deep dive into China with Frank Gaffney. It's this is and, and how we actually go after the CCP. So we've got some really important and fantastic shows coming up for you as always. So make sure that you're listening and you're telling all your friends, family, colleagues that they all need to be listening to the Monica Crowley podcast. All right. Later today, speaking of phenomenal guests, we're going to speak with Senator Ted Cruz of Texas about the weaponization of government and, and about all of the frauds being perpetrated on the American people. He's one of the very few Republicans who actually gets up every day and fights the battles that need to be fought. He's he can only do so much right now because he's in the Senate. and We're in the minority in the Senate. He has to go up against Chuck Schumer. But he is doing the best he can, and thank God for him every day, right? So the great Senator Ted Cruz coming up here in just a couple of minutes. You're not going to want to miss this conversation because, again, very important with a real warrior. All right, first, though, guys, the Monica memo. You want to know why we lose? We lose because too many on our side are weak, sniveling compromised cowards. That's why. Too many on our side are happily part of the corrupt uni party. Too many on our side are too willing to become part of the system because they can enrich and empower themselves as part of the system, just as the left does. And perhaps most importantly... They become part of the system because they know the system will protect them. It's like the mafia. The system is a protection bracket. And these cowards want the protection, or maybe in some cases, need the protection of the system. And by need the protection of the system, perhaps they are compromised themselves in some way with regard to China, or something in their background, sex scandals, some sort of impropriety. And the power brokers of the system know it. And they blackmail them. They extort them. So these cowards buy themselves protection. These cowards become part of the system. They're the fabric of the system, along with the left And the deep state and the the administrative state and all of the corrupt entities that we constantly talk about here, the cowards on our side, then become part of the fabric of it. They become useful idiots to the system. So they're either out of necessity becoming part of the system, or they're just weak, unprincipled, limp biscuits. No beliefs, no principles. No North Star, just jelly-spined losers. The left doesn't have any of these people. Not really. The left enforces the ideology and party discipline with an iron hand. This was the beauty of Nancy Pelosi, right? Nancy Pelosi is an absolute villainous But man, did she enforce party discipline. Man, did she enforce ideological discipline. She could get the handful of blue dog Democrats, you know, the last remaining moderates, to fall right in line with the most radical stuff and vote that way because they instill fear. They instill fear in the soldiers on their side. Don't even think about voting a different way. Don't even think about leaving the reservation or we will crucify you. Joe Manchin on the Senate side every once in a while, not a lot, because he is also susceptible to the cracking of the whip and the uh, instillment of fear. So he keeps voting for these massive inflationary spending bills. And then he goes, oh, I was duped. He's not duped. He's not a dumb man. He's just part of the system, part of the system. So he might, you know, talk a good game about, oh, I'm really concerned about spending levels, and then he turns around and votes for it. So, you know, at least the left understands that fear is government's most effective weapon. Fear is the most effective weapon, period. The left knows this, and they use it really effectively, So, the left doesn't have any wandering idiots like our side does. Not really. Because, again, they enforce the ideology and party discipline with an iron hand. Not our side. No, not our side at all. We're all, everyone has free will and can vote their conscience. That whole ridiculous, bogus approach is killing us. It manifests as disunity, which allows the left to divide and conquer. Do you see it? When we go about, like, our leadership, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, uh, you know, our leadership, when they're all like, oh, we're not going to enforce anything. We have no iron hand. Everybody just, you're all thoughtful, intelligent people. Vote your conscience. Do what you think is best for your constituents and your country. Well, that sounds good, right? Sounds nice on paper. We're so far past nice right now, guys. This is a war for the future of the country. And our side has way too many useful idiots because they buy that bullshit line, hook, line, and sinker. Oh, Mitch McConnell told me I can vote my conscience. Or, you know, Kevin McCarthy said, I can vote my conscience. Well, you know what? All of that manifests as disunity. The party is splintered. It's all over the place. And that allows the left to exploit those openings to divide us and therefore conquer us. Can you see it clearly? Also, this this bullshit approach manifests as extreme weakness. Which allows the left to ride roughshod over us and dominate us. And that in turn leads to harassing us, silencing us, intimidating us, prosecuting us, and yeah, jailing us. Do you see how that works? The other side is incredibly strong, incredibly united, and has the enforcement mechanism on their side. And our side is weak and cowardly and, and um, not unified and all over the place. Everybody's wandering off the reservation. Oh, I'm voting my free will. Vote my conscience. No, I'm sorry. At this point in time, if you can't recognize that we're in this war for the future of the country and time is very short, then get out. Get out. The enemy is the left, of course. But we also have an enemy within. The Democrats are out here indicting a former president and jailing their political opponents And Republicans can't even censure the pathological liar and supreme Russia hoaxer, Adam Schiff. Let's hit a quick break. When we come back, we're going to blow apart this very valiant attempt by a freshman congresswoman, Anna Paulina Luna, thank goodness for her too. To just simply censure Adam Schiff for his pack of lies and the fact he helped to drive the country into a $32 million distraction and undermine a sitting president of the United States, again, with a pack of lies. And yet the useful idiots on our side helped to torpedo it. When we come back, we're going to name names. I'm going to tell you what to do with those people. And we're going to break apart the bigger meaning of this. All right? So sit tight. So yesterday, the House of Representatives voted against the idea of censuring and condemning Congressman Adam Schiff of California for insisting that former President Trump colluded with Russia to win the 2016 election. Now, some of this is in the rearview mirror, but you will recall that Adam Schiff was one of the big driving forces of this. Adam Schiff Uh, who was on the intel committee. So people assumed that he was seeing real intelligence in real time. He went out there all the time to the media. I have seen concrete evidence of Russian collusion on the part of Donald Trump. You will soon see it. We will all soon see it. It was all bullshit. It was all straight up lies. And he knew it. I mean, these people are genuinely evil. I mean, you look at all of them. The fact that they can all sit there with straight faces, pushing these lies, again, with a straight face, knowing that they're they're doing incredible damage to the country, which is their point. Of course, they're seeking the destruction of America. But the fact that none of them have any pangs of conscience, none of them feel any guilt about this, of course not. They don't because they are genuinely evil. And what they are doing, their work, is genuinely evil. So no, there's, there's no sense of conscience or shame or guilt. Forget it. Destroying lives, uh, they take that with great glee. These people are absolute demons, including, first and foremost here, Adam Schiff, who constantly went out there pushing lies driving the country into a death spiral, undermining a sitting president and his ability to run the country and stave off America's enemies and the rest. Schiff didn't care. He still doesn't care. And so you had one freshman congresswoman, Anna Paulina Luna of Florida, who actually stood up and said, there has to be accountability here. You can't just keep pushing these lies and driving the country into a death spiral without consequences, and thank God for her. Okay, there are a couple of Republicans who actually show up for work each day. Senator Ted Cruz is one of them. He's coming up here shortly. Anna Paulina Luna, God bless her. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates, Rand Paul, Ron Johnson, J.D. Vance. We're going to get to him in a second. I mean, thank God for them. So, it's not the entire Republican Party that's a bunch of weak weasels, but we have enough of them in there to fracture us and dilute the efforts of the strong ones, like Luna and Cruz, okay? Again, the left understands that you are only as strong as your weakest link. Well, the Republican Party is dominated by weak links, So when Luna tries to go out and do something really constructive, like hold Adam Schiff accountable for his uh, lies and his damage, our weak links stand up and go, "Mm, not so much, not really into it. And this is why we lose. In a 225 to 196 vote, lawmakers decided to set aside the censure resolution against Schiff Effectively killing it and preventing a vote on passage. The resolution introduced by Congresswoman Luna was opposed by 20, not two, not 10, 20 Republicans, as two other GOP lawmakers voted present along with five Democrats. Okay. The resolution was said to be on shaky ground with some of these useful idiots. One expected no vote, Congressman Tom Massey out of Kentucky, who's generally very good on a lot of things, said he opposed the idea of a fine against Schiff. So this resolution had a fine attached to it, but get this. The resolution recommended a $16 million fine against Schiff, but it did not require it. Massey tweeted, Adam Schiff acted unethically, but if a resolution to fine him $16 million comes to the floor, I will vote to table it. I will vote against it, he said. The Constitution says the House may make its own rules, but we can't violate other later provisions of the Constitution. A $16 million fine is a violation of the 27th and 8th Amendments. Well, again, the uh, resolution did not require the fine. So I, I don't know. Uh, Massey's going to have to really explain this, and probably forever because he may have a primary challenge next time. I mean, even good and decent and strong in other areas, Republicans fold when it comes time to hold the other side accountable. Let's name names. Along with Massey, here are the 19 other Republican cowards voting with the Democrats to kill the resolution. Kelly Armstrong of North Dakota. Lori Chavez de Ramer of Oregon, Juan Siscomani of Arizona, Tom Cole of Oklahoma, Warren Davidson of Ohio, Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania, Kate Granger of Texas, Garrett Graves of Louisiana, Tom Kane of New Jersey, for shame Tom Kane, Kevin Kiley of California, Young Kim of California, Michael Lawler of New York, Michael, shame, Tom McClintock of California, Mark Molinaro of New York, Jay Obernotti of California, Michael Simpson of Idaho, Michael Turner of Ohio, David Valadeo of California, and Steve Womack of Arkansas. Guys, um, I would love for you to mobilize. I know Steve Bannon in uh, War Room is also getting his audience, um, and some of you listen to both shows. I hope that you do, Um, mobilizing uh, the audience to call the offices of these people and respectfully and peacefully and politely let them know how incredibly disappointed you are in their vote here. Do not scream, do not yell, do not use profanity, even if you might want to. No, respectfully, you can send them emails as well. Respectfully, peacefully, thoughtfully, politely, tell them how you feel about their vote, how disappointed you are, how frustrated you are, how we're in a war for the future of the country. And if we can't count on them, then they need to get out and they need to face real opposition in terms of a primary the next time. That's the only way they're going to hear our voices and respond. They do respond when they hear from constituents and others around the country. They do. That is literally the only thing that gets their attention. So pick up the phone or send their offices an email and politely but firmly let them know how you feel about their pathetically cowardly vote. Again, you want to take action. This is how we take action. It wasn't clear late yesterday after the vote whether House of Republicans might try again with a resolution against Schiff that leaves out all mentions of possible fines. We'll see. Guys, Adam Schiff is running for the Democrat nomination for Senate in California to replace the retiring Dianne Feinstein, who doesn't know what planet she's on, She's retiring next year if she makes it that long. And Schiff wants to replace her. He has been fundraising like crazy over this. And now, with the help of the cowardly 20, he's stronger than ever. So it's not just the left pushing these lies and protecting the liars. It's these cowardly Republicans, too. It's the uni party. It's the system that protects itself. We have no chance of winning anything or saving our deeply corrupt system if we can't even censure, which is a slap on the wrist, okay? This is not impeachment or throwing somebody out of Congress. This is a slap on the wrist. If we can't even do that, we won't be able to save our country, period. And the gruesome truth is Many on our side don't want to win. They just don't. They're more comfortable in the minority. The minority is more lucrative for them. They can tell voters, Give me your vote and your money, and boy, we'll get them next time. Man, we'll be on top of them in the next cycle. Being in the minority is a nice little grift for them. So they throw the game. Do they care about the country? I don't know. Maybe some of them do, but many of them probably don't. They only care about themselves, their own power, their own enrichment, their own grift. The GOP needs wholesale change right now. We cannot go on like this if we want to have any hope of saving America because we actually do care about saving our country. There are exceptions, of course, as there are exceptions to every rule. And one of them is Senator J.D. Vance of Ohio. We had him on the show last year ahead of the election. He won. Thank goodness for that. And he's over there on the Senate side. We'll talk to Ted Cruz here in a couple of minutes about this. But, you know, he's, he's facing a virtual wall of silence among Senate Republicans over all of this over the system's corruption, over the indictment of Donald Trump, crickets from Mitch McConnell and Senate leadership. So thank goodness that Senator Vance is uh, on top of it. He has announced that he will place a hold on the confirmation of nominees to the Justice Department to protest the indictment of Trump. It's not clear what might cause Vance to drop this hold. Maybe if the special prosecutor, Jack Smith, drops the charges of the indictment. Highly unlikely. Merrick Garland is certainly out there claiming that Smith is independent, and he is fantastic, and that he, Garland, can't properly intervene. So expect Vance's block to remain until we get a new president. Or the matter is, is ended in the courts or some other route. But good for Vance. Fighting fire with fire, that is exactly what we need. At least somebody on our side is showing up for work today. He, Matt Gates, and Paulina Luna, Marjorie Taylor Greene is filing for impeachment of Joe Biden like every day. She shows up. Thank God for them. The other one who always shows up for work Is Donald Trump the man never rests we need a million of him wish we could clone him right you know how some Silicon Valley guys do the blood transfusions with young blood to try to keep themselves young we need Trump transfusions to many of our Republican leaders just hook them up to a drip and get some Trump courage into them God's sakes All right, in a couple of minutes, we're going to talk to another hero who comes to work every day, Senator Ted Cruz of the great state of Texas. We're going to talk to him about a ton of stuff, including the weaponization of government and how we push back. First, though, guys, I want to take a minute to welcome our fantastic new sponsor, AMAC, A-M-A-C. With well over 2 million freedom-loving members like you and me, AMAC is a voice for conservatives that cannot be ignored. Not only do you get incredible advocacy, but you also get exclusive discounts and savings on products and services that you use every day. Can't beat that. And for a limited time, get a two-year AMAC membership for the price of one. That's $16 for two years. You know, we talk about this all the time. Our rights and constitutional protections are under attack every day by extreme leftists. But many patriots are bravely standing up to the left to preserve our constitutional republic. Joining AMAC the Association of Mature American Citizens, is an easy way for you to stand beside them. This community is so important. You need to know that you're not alone and AMAC gives you that sense of camaraderie and support. So stand in solidarity with me and over 2 million other patriots by joining AMAC today at amac.us forward slash Monica. Again, that's AMAC. Dot us forward/ slash Monica join them today you're absolutely going to love all of the benefits but also the great sense of community at amac we'll be right back well I am absolutely delighted to welcome our friend the indomitable brilliant Senator Ted Cruz of the great state of Texas. He is also the host of the fantastic podcast Verdict with Ted Cruz. So please go check that out. It's really a fantastic show. And he joins us now. Senator, welcome.
0: Monica, great to be with you. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, of course, it's great to have you here. And uh, I'm not sure if you remember this, you probably don't, but we first spoke in the mid 2000s when you were the Solicitor General of Texas, and somebody called you to my attention and told me what a fierce conservative fighter you were, and they recommended that I put you on my national radio show. And so I did, and of course the rest is history, so I just want you to know that I'm taking full credit for your stellar political career.
0: Well, I, that, that is very kind of you, and, and, and any, anyone who wants credit, I'm, I'm glad to give it. And, and, and the blame, you know, as, as they say in the forewords of books, uh, the errors are all my own. So, uh, so, so I'll take those myself. But look, Monica, you have been been a warrior standing up for liberty, but also standing up for a, a robust and sane foreign policy. You you engage on foreign policy and national security issues in a way that that very few in the media world do. And and I've long appreciated your voice and 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 knowledge and the seriousness with, with which you take Defending the, this nation that those stakes are serious and and you took them seriously when you were in the White House and so you take them seriously. Uh, in the media world. And I'm, I'm grateful for both.
1: Well, that means the world to me coming from you. So thank you very much. Very kind of you, Senator. Um, and right back at you. I mean, you've been just such a warrior for the Constitution, the rule of law, and we are all so grateful for you. You really are a national treasure, especially, you know, working in the Schumer Senate, which we're going to get to here in a second. But I do want to start but, with... By, by the way, Monica, yeah.
0: since this is a podcast and we can chat and relax a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I will tell you my favorite Monica Crowley story.
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> which, Uh-oh. Which is
0: early early on I'm I'm a baby senator and uh you were guest hosting Hannity show. And and I was on. I think it was my first year in the Senate and we were talking about it, and it was when Occupy Wall Street was occupying Wall Street and they were you know, creating a mess, and they were engaged in disturbances, and, and at the point, and I pointed out in the discussion uh, with that, that you were leading, I, I, I said, you know, the, these, these people are defecating in the, in the streets, and, and my daughter, Caroline, who's now 15, she was five at the time, I said, look, e- even my five-year-old knows not to poop in the streets, <laughs> and Caroline saw that, and she doubled over laughing, and she said, daddy, you said poop on TV. <laughs> so that's my, that's my favorite Monica story, is, is, that, is that we had the chance to thrill someone who's a very tough audience, and that is my now 15-year-old and and wonderful daughter, Caroline.
1: Well, your family is so beautiful, Senator, and I've known them for years now, and I know I, you know, sort of met those girls when they were knee-high, and now to to hear that they're 15 is absolutely incredible, but they are gorgeous and well-accomplished girls, and your wife Heidi is so lovely and extraordinary, so your whole family. But, you know, every time I would guest host for O'Reilly or Sean, I would request you because, and, and sometimes it worked with your schedule. Sometimes it didn't, but every single time I had you on, um, just like this, but my national radio show, whatever it was, I just knew that I was going to get a fierce defense of the constitution and the rule of law. And I was going to get the facts and the truth, which, you know, given the uni party, you don't always get from Republicans. So I always requested you and I just, I treasure our friendship so much.
0: Well, well, back at you and likewise.
1: All right. So let's really get into what's going on on Capitol Hill. I want to start, Senator, with the debt limit bill, which is catastrophic in my view. This was a Democrat bill. It was basically driven by Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, and it enshrines the entire Biden agenda. You voted against it. Thank you for that. But can you walk us through it and what kind of damage this is going to do going forward?
0: Well, I, I think this bill is is deeply disappointing. It, it was a major missed opportunity, and uh, you know, you, you you started out exactly right. If if you want to know what's in the bill and, and and where it stands, the simplest thing to do is 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 look at who's celebrating, and Joe Biden and the White House are popping champagne as as Biden is exultantly telling Democrats, uh, the Republicans in Congress have now voted to fund virtually the entirety of the biden political agenda Uh, i understand if if you're a left-wing democrat why that's good news for you what i don't understand is why republicans were willing to go along with that and you know my view i think the first bill that the house passed on the on the debt ceiling was a good bill it was a serious bill it it raised the debt ceiling by 1.5 trillion dollars which is a lot of money But it did so in exchange for real and meaningful reductions in spending, about $4.8 trillion. It did so also in exchange for very significant reforms such as imposing work requirements across the board on welfare, such as enacting the RAINS Act, which would be the most far-reaching regulatory reform ever enacted. It would require that any federal regulation that imposes $100 million or more of cost on the economy – cannot go into effect without an affirmative up-down vote of Congress. It, it, it is an enormously important bill. There was lots of good stuff in that first bill. Unfortunately, what happened is when the negotiators went to the White House, the White House got rid of almost all of the significant victories, and we ended up instead with a bill, rather than raising the debt ceiling $1.5 trillion, it raises it $4 trillion. So that's nearly triple the amount of debt. And in exchange, they got much, much less in terms of spending cuts. The work requirements were seriously watered down. The RAINS Act was taken out. And at the end of the day, it, it doesn't take material steps to fix the underlying problem, which is that wildly irresponsible politicians are bankrupting the, the country and burying our kids in debt. And, and this debt ceiling only makes that problem worse.
1: I mean, we cannot go on like this. We're bumping up against $32 trillion in debt. Yep. This year, we could have an astonishing and and just shattering $2 trillion annual deficit. I mean, no country has ever racked up this kind of debt. So if we don't get this under control, what are the consequences going to be? I mean, we're going to be the ones in the end holding the bag for the fact that government cannot cut spending.
0: Look, this, the, the, the reality is, as you're a student of history, as any student of history knows, is, is, is that great nations rise and great nations fall. And they almost always fall for similar reasons, which is they bankrupt themselves mm-hmm. and, and they become uh, weakened internally and ultimately weakened and unable to defend themselves from enemies abroad. And that's how nations and empires collapse. Now, I don't believe we're there yet. But the decisions that Joe Biden and Democrats and too many Republicans in Washington are making are pushing us down that road with cataclysmic speed. And and let's step back for a second and and, and put things in, in perspective because, look, as long as you and I have been alive, people have been talking about there's too much debt. And so at some level, I can understand that starts to seem like white noise, just kind of background static. Okay, there's always too much debt. What's the big deal? Well, orders of magnitude matter. Go back to the year 2000. 2000 was not that long ago. It was 23 years ago. In 2000, our national debt was five trillion trillion, five. Five. Now, at the time, $5 trillion seemed like a lot of money. Then in 2000, George W. Bush became president. Bush was president for eight years. At the end of those eight years, our national debt had doubled from $5 trillion to $10 trillion. In 2008, Barack Obama became president. Over the next eight years, our national debt doubled again from $10 trillion to $20 trillion. So put that in perspective. It took 42 presidents over 200 years to build $5 trillion in debt. It took two presidents, one Republican and one Democrat, just 16 years to quadruple our debt. And today, less than a decade later, we are now at 32 trillion dollars. So we've gone from 20 to 32 trillion and with the deal last week, that 32 trillion is going to go to 36 trillion. We're on path to nearly double the debt again in another 8 years. This is unsustainable and we're already facing a federal budget where interest on the debt is rapidly becoming as large as our entire military budget. Yeah. And and in Washington, none of the Democrats and a whole bunch of the Republicans aren't willing to do anything to stop it.
1: It's just completely unacceptable and, and totally outrageous that all of this is being done on purpose as well, yes. uh, Senator. Yes. And it is a uniparty effort. I mean, we pile yes. on the Democrats, rightfully so, because they just, they're all Marxists and they're spinning like insane uh, people because they want to implode the system. But the fact that Republicans go down this road as well is just disgusting to me. I mean, President Nixon yeah. used to say to me, Monica, I have more respect for a true believing communist than I do for an American Democrat, because at least the communists will tell you exactly who they are and what they believe, whereas the Democrat will lie to your face. But now i I think we can tease that out, Senator, and say, you know what, I got more respect for like an AOC who will tell you exactly yeah, who yeah. she is versus like a Kevin McCarthy or some of these uniparty leaders who will talk a good game about cutting spending and limiting, limiting government and then do nothing about it.
0: Yeah, look, there's a reason why I've done multiple debates with Bernie Sanders. CNN hosted three different town halls where Bernie and I did one-on-one debates and and the reason for that is is bernie is an unapologetic socialist. Now I think bernie is wrong on almost every issue under the sun. But he doesn't hide it, he admits it, he's proud of it. And and I am an unapologetic capitalist. I believe in the American free enterprise system. I think the American free enterprise system has been the greatest engine for prosperity, the greatest force for defeating poverty in the history of humanity. And and you know, when when bernie and I debated on those CNN town halls, we had a straight up contest where we didn't hide what we believed, but instead we talked about, okay, which system is better for human happiness, for human welfare, for human lifespan, for, for quality of life. And, and I think the facts are overwhelming in, in support of freedom, but you're right that, that for the Republicans who go along with bankrupting the country, I, I think it's different motivations. I mean, today, Today's Democrat Party, there are more and more outright Marxists. I mean, it used to be Bernie was the only socialist. Now, look, Bernie's the chairman of the Senate Budget Committee. The top priority for Schumer and Joe Biden is passing Bernie Sanders' socialist budget. That's where they are. Why is Biden uh, popping champagne in celebration? Because the Republicans just agreed to fund most of Bernie's budget. Um the Republican motivation is different. And I think for the Republicans who go along, it's a combination of risk aversion, which is they're, they're scared of their own shadow. They're also scared of the media. They're scared that the media will say mean things about them. So I've been in closed-door meeting after closed-door meeting where where my Republican colleagues, many of which are from bright red states who where their voters would be shocked to hear them say this, they'll say... Well, 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 if we rein in spending, that they'll accuse us of being mean. And, and it's just they're terrified to lose their job. And, and that risk aversion makes them cautious. and sadly, it makes them willing essentially to manage the decline of the Republic. Uh, the Democrats' view on spending, by the way, is they'll just spend us into oblivion. And then they'll inflate their way out of this and and you look at the the raging inflation we're seeing right now that is a deliberate outcome the democrats want because it's the only way you get out of this debt hole is is you just print so many dollars you know you remember back to the weimar republic where they were literally paying for a loaf of bread with 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 cash and a wheelbarrow that's the ultimate plan of of the democrats and too many Republicans are essentially willing to go along with it and maybe just have it move slightly less quickly.
1: Yeah, and it is, your point is so critical. It's about political cowardice. And I, you know, you look at the example of Donald Trump. I mean, did these people not learn anything from Trump? That you've got to get a spine and just keep smashing through. And there are so many, I mean, you certainly do it, Senator, but there are so many on our side who just don't. And even, you know, when Trump was president and he was doing all the political blocking for every single Republican, taking all the slings and arrows for everybody, just smashing through they still, you know, cowered in the corner and it's just, it's unbelievable. All right, Senator, I'm going to ask you to please stand by much more coming up with you straight ahead. First, so guys, you've heard me talk a lot about Nutrafol for quite a while now, and that's because Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement. Clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage for both men and women. For my listeners, When you use promo code MONICA, you will get $10 off your first month subscription. This offer is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. Nutrafol is the hair growth supplement that goes beyond genetics to target stress, hormones, nutrition, metabolism, aging, and lifestyle factors that may be impacting your hair. Thinning is different for both men and women. Nutrafol has multiple unique formulas for men and women to provide exactly what they need based on their biology and age. Every formula is physician formulated using natural medical grade ingredients for really reliable results without compromises. In clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after just six months. Nutrafol is also trusted and recommended by more than 3,000 top doctors. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code MONICA to save $10 off your very first month subscription this offer is only available to US customers for a limited time plus free shipping on every order get $10 off at nutrifol.com spelled n u t r a f o l nutrifol.com promo code monica we'll be right back I want to switch gears here because speaking of uniparty destruction, the weaponization of our own government against us, including the DOJ and FBI, to me, it's the most uh, dangerous threat that we face. You've been very outspoken on this. But when you've got a DOJ and FBI that are now essentially the enforcement arms of the left, the Democrats, the deep state – This has been going on a long time, but now we've got the most radical attorney general in Merrick Garland operating it like a secret police, from covering up Joe Biden's alleged bribery, to the alleged Hunter Biden crimes, to prosecuting nonviolent January 6th defendants to the hilt, to attacking President Trump over nothing, jailing political opponents. These are the hallmarks of tyranny, are they not? I mean, your family came out of Cuba. You know what tyranny is.
0: You know the, the sad thing listening to you catalog all of these abuses is I'd like to be able to say that's hyperbole, that you're exaggerating, but you're not. Everything you said is exactly right, and, and what a terrifying position we find ourselves in as a nation. Um, you, you mentioned at the outset the podcast I do every week. It's called Verdict with Ted Cruz. We do it three days a week. We do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and, and on the Verdict podcast, we do a deep dive into these issues in particular, into issues concerning the corruption of justice, the weaponization of DOJ and the FBI. This week on the Verdict Podcast, we do a deep dive on Chris Ray, the, the FBI director, uh, who initially refused to comply with a House subpoena to, to bring the, the document the FBI prepared when there was a credible informant that gave the testimony that Joe Biden was personally involved in a five million dollar bribery scheme when he was vice president with a foreign nation. We don't know for sure what foreign nation. We're told from the leaks it's not China. It may be Romania. There's some chatter that it, that, that could be where it's coming from. But James Comer in the House and that the, the subpoenaed that document. The FBI refused to comply. Chris Ray was on the verge of being held in contempt. Then Ray said he would come to Capitol Hill and bring the document personally and show it to both Comer and Jamie Raskin, the ranking Democrat. He did that this week and then said he's not going to allow it to be public. And so the House is, is uh, voting to hold Chris Ray in contempt. I got to say, that's an enormous problem for the FBI, for the director of the FBI to ha- be held in contempt for defying a subpoena. The FBI relies on subpoenas every day uh, in law enforcement. And it is going to be a problem for the effective law enforcement in this country if the FBI itself will not comply with a, a lawfully issued subpoena. But beyond that, look, I, I know Chris Ray well. He's not actually a partisan liberal. He is someone, Donald Trump appointed Chris Ray. Chris is someone who's an institutionalist, and he believes that his job is to protect the institution of the FBI. And unfortunately, the way he interprets that is that he should defend the career senior officials at at FBI. And my view is they are hardcore partisans who have burrowed into those positions and they are abusing power at the FBI. And I have told Chris this unequivocally, if you really want to defend the FBI, get rid of the partisans who are corrupting and weaponizing the FBI and subject the institution to accountability. The FBI should work for the American people and the American people deserve to know specifically what evidence there is that the president of the United States was personally involved in a bribery scheme. And and at least so far, Chris Wray is defying any accountability and doing enormous damage to the credibility and the integrity of both the Department of Justice and the FBI.
1: Final question for you before we let you go back to Saving America, Senator. Um, The corruption runs so deep. You've got former President Barack Obama, who was the sitting president at the time, the then-Vice President Joe Biden. You had a future president in Joe Biden. They were all in on this, Mrs. Clinton, all of them, uh, on all of it, right? And certainly now in the cover-up of the Biden crimes. Do you believe that institutions like the FBI can be reformed or do they have to be raised to the ground and we've got to start again from scratch?
0: So so I believe they can be reformed, but we need strong, serious leadership to go in and clean out the hardcore partisans. Uh, As you know, the the last book I wrote uh, is entitled Justice Corrupted, How the Left Has Weaponized Our Legal System. And it goes through and it traces how this rose up under Barack Obama, how under Obama, uh, the administration used the Department of Justice and the CIA and the FBI and the IRS as weapons to attack the enemies of the White House and, and, and to, to devastating effect. And then after Obama left the White House, what happened was those vicious partisans all burrowed into senior positions within the, the executive branch. And during the four years of the Trump presidency, they waged war against Donald Trump. They hate Donald Trump, and they waged war against the democratically elected president. And they tried every single day to undermine and destroy the president. I, I take take readers in the book Justice Corrupted into the meeting that occurred on January fifth of twenty seventeen in the White House with Barack Obama, with Joe Biden, with the acting Attorney General, with the head of the CIA with Jim Comey, the head of the FBI, where they conspired together to direct the machinery of the federal government to try to destroy the incoming president who was at the time 15 days away from being sworn in. And and then the book Justice Corrupted goes through the last two years where under Joe Biden, those partisans have come out in the open. They're now brazen, they are unapologetic. Merrick Garland tragically is the most partisan and political attorney general we have ever seen mm-hmm. and he is perfectly willing to treat the Department of Justice as the political stormtroopers of the DNC right down to just last week uh, the Department of Justice announced that it was bringing fraud charges against Jim Justice the son of the Virginia governor or West Virginia governor who just happens to be running against Joe Manchin for Senate and and you know it really is convenient to have a Department of Justice that does the oppo research for you to try to attack um, a a credible Republican candidate. Now, there's also Alex Mooney who's running in that primary, so it's not clear who's going to win the primary, but for DOJ to jump in and basically be the oppo research arm of the Democrats, it's not materially different from what DOJ and the FBI did with Donald Trump, where they took the ridiculous steel dossier paid for by hillary clinton that was oppo research that was filled with lies and they weaponized that and and this pattern is horrific, and it keeps getting worse.
1: The corruption just runs so deep in every direction, Senator, that uh, I don't know how we go on like this. The Republic is, is got to snap at some point. I mean, the, the Republic just cannot keep going like this, um, and the, the left is deliberately trying to move us in that direction, in a more Marxist kind of model, and therefore they've got to destroy everything that exists in order to achieve that goal, and they are well on their way. Uh, we have to leave it there, Senator, but I hope you'll come back. I'd love to talk to you about the border and some other things. I know you're really on top of what is happening on our southern border in Texas and so on, but we so appreciate you and everything you do. You are just incredible.
0: Well, thank you, Monica. God bless and keep, keep speaking the truth.
1: Always, Senator Ted Cruz of Texas, the host of the fantastic podcast, Verdict with Ted Cruz. Go check that out, too. He deserves your support, however you can give it to him. Senator Ted Cruz, God bless you, Senator. Okay, that's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me, as always, and for checking out our phenomenal sponsors. We can't do it without them, and we can't do it without you. Really grateful for you guys. All right. Have a fantastic end to your week. And I will see you right back here next Tuesday with another blockbuster Monica Crowley podcast. See you then. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.